Gutsies. Folks, welcome to another episode of How Gets It. How do you get this? Um, we're going to start this episode with one of uh, the greatest videos to ever be digitized. I bet you I already started this episode before you even start this. Don't do it. Start it right where I say start it. <laughs> now people are going to be wondering what happened before. Yeah, what happened before is we're playing some cyber porn. Ooh, I don't good. know, but all these buttons are weird. What do you mean? My camera switch buttons. Uh, choices. What are you talking about? I have to be able to do it in my sleep, and they're different than they usually are. Oh, we should have been up here fucking 1045 <laughs> to make them. Nah. I'm nah. too busy watching this video. I uh, know. Here, here comes the video. I was watching this on my tillet. Tristan Hart Pierce, everybody. Oh, he put the note in there. He put the. Yeah! Yes, dude. Savage Garden. Do your dishes, dude. You better do those dishes, you. F- hmm. Jules is a great. Dishwasher. Follow trick. God, this is Jeez, sad. dude, you're a jerk. I am not doing that intentionally. Don't you realize what peers? your follows do for somebody else's capacity to be a popular person in the world? Uh, Jeez, Louise. Tristan Hart Pierce, go give him a follow. He is uh, the mayor the, of Kentucky. <laughs> the <laughs> house band for Live at the Lodge. He's the guitar player. Also, Shreddy Nar Pow Pow. This kid, Shreddy McPherson, dude, he's he, got so many choices. Criminy, bro. The kid's got fingers. He's probably one of the greatest sportsmen, as well as guitar players I've ever. He's met. a sportsman. Uh, those are your <laughs> words, not mine. You just said it. <laughs> Jamison, <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, yeah, he's talking about doing your dishes. I heard you start complimenting me on my dish skills. Dude, you are a great dishy. You're a very wonderful house guest. We're gonna, I'm gonna miss you thoroughly, and um, you are always down to th- throw your hand into the dishware, dude. I mean, it's not my favorite thing to do, but I just feel like it's, uh, you know, one of those courtesy moves. You gotta just like, especially when people cook for you. I lived in a house with you. A moment. I don't know if you lived there quite yet. Uh, back in like 2009 or something, and. Uh, it was like a f- house of five, six, seven people, and they would always make family dinners every night. And I like moved out of my then girlfriend's house. We broke up, and yeah. I was living there. And uh, I was just, I wasn't, I didn't have a place to stay besides there, so I wasn't paying rent or anything. I was like, dude, I'll just do the dishes every time. Yeah, which was hard because they made a lot of dishes, as do you. Mm. So. When uh, I cook, I'm terrible at dish distribution. Ooh, dish. here's a new word: yeah. distribution. Dish distribution. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's hard to I, say. I use all of them because I am not good at um, <clears throat> timing out things. Although last night, oh my goodness, what happened? Let's see if we can feature this video. Uh, we made a chicken sandwich oh, that was yeah, dude, that thing was nice I want to show Stevie Baby. Just search Taz, dude. Uh, it. Was it on oh. her Ishi or was I, it on Tara? I think just Tara. Uh, yeah, I don't. It's let's see. Search your name. I already looked at it though. Either. 
No, I, mean I follow my wife, it. you Quans. <laughs> I do think you it is quans. a... Look at Boo-Boo Duty. Oh, Boo-Boo Duty. <laughs> He's as fast asleep, dude. Good old that, was Steve, that was Steve six minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's Steve right now. Uh, all right, let's see if we can... Okay, yeah. Can't stop watching this. And now, I think the next one is our Chicken Sanger. Oh. What? There's no audio. Come on, dude. Play it back. What you got there, Al? Chicken sandwich. A little arugula salad on top. Nice. Hold up, dude. Listen. Look at Julian's fucking. I had a couple blue steel last night, dude. Look at him go for this blue steel right here, folks. Check this out. Corn chips. Yummy, yummy. What you got there? That looks good. Yeah. Chicken sandwich. Look at here it comes. Look at oh, Jules is looking down the barrel. Uh, <laughs> always trying to look hot, dude. That's why I got my 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 frosted tips, dude. Trying to look hot. All you babes out there. All you babes out there. Call me up two one eight eight nine six two nine eight nine eight. You babes. Call me up six six one one eight nine nine two three four five nine nine one eight. I got so many, dude. Four two five two one eight four two four three. Kneecaps. Hit him up, dude. Hit him hit up, him bro. Up. See if you if hit you want to be on the up. podcast, hit Jules up. Yeah, seriously. Four two five two one eight four two four three. Don't worry, I'll just put a a little piece underneath this episode to make, ensure that I start getting calls. Because if I don't get any calls from this, gonna so I'm gonna sad. be feeling like a real oh, fail so year. <laughs> Woof, dude. Um, how are you still getting calls from the or texts mm. from the text line of the Valentine's Day? No, shout no, out. Those ended. I was wondering, like, did I make friends with anybody off of that? Because typically people text me, <laughs> yeah. and then I'll like respond. You're like, you, you're like, where are you going, Jules? Was, oh, I don't know. This guy randomly texted me. I'm going over to his family get together. <laughs> yeah, uh, I didn't respond for a couple of days, but then I did, and then I like had like long conversation not long but like longer than not at all yeah. conversations with people and i was like did i make any friends did i like save any of those numbers as actual names i don't think i did there was nobody riveting what? Uh, <laughs> you asked the question <laughs> Dwayne. um yeah i uh i used to go into <laughs> i mean not i still do go into bathrooms in public places but it's been less now that I haven't been on the road mm-hmm. for a while there, there was like somebody tagging, you know, like the same number for yeah. a good time. Call this number. You called him. No, I never called him, but I'm always, I'm always curious. One, what that man's experience is like who the, who the number is mm-hmm. and how frequently he gets called. Yeah. It's kind of like leaving a Yelp review, sort of like, I'm glad that they exist, but I would never leave one. I'm not glad that the number on the bathroom exists. This is different. I'm, I'm switching subjects right. here. Uh, I'm glad that Yelp reviews and Amazon reviews For, exist yeah, so that, so that I can know, it. so I can check them and be mm-hmm. like, oh, well, I've eaten at so many killer restaurants because of Yelp. Yeah. Like on the road specifically, I have old Gregory Ehrlich taught me like the algorithm for yelp for yelp what is that i mean i say algorithm because my name's alan and there's an al no there's no algorithm it's just you have to kind of look at what the ratings are for like arby's 
and McDonald's in a local area because they're different in well, different if areas. You, if if Arby's in Charlotte is getting like four stars, then you're like, okay, well, I realize that the rating system is a little junky here. But if it's like a two or a three, you know that like a restaurant that's getting fours is a killing restaurant. Also, the pictures you can look at the food via yeah, the but pictures. But 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 when you're basing in around an Arby's, like all Arby's are the same, aren't they? Or like you get in different Arby's in different states, right? But like people, I th- people who take the time to leave a Yelp review, mm-hmm. right? There's a spec, it's a sp- specific type of human that is going to go to Arby's and be like, "This food is bullshit." Feud, and but when they go to a really nice restaurant, they're going to leave a four or a five. Um, very glad that those rating systems exist, but I don't know. I, I don't know if I know anyone who would take the time to like sit down after a meal and review on Yelp, but I'm glad they exist. Yeah, I've used Yelp before. Uh, well, that's not true. I mean, I use it all the time. I use it all the time, <laughs> but I never use it. I've never like it's I rarely look at it to like make sure a place is good. I just mm. like see what the place is. How often do you have bad meals when you eat out? Mm, well, because I have a pretty lame palate, yeah. most of my meals are just satisfying. We me. went out for an experience at a restaurant called Dibali. Mm-hmm. And all of us. It was it was one of I think probably because I haven't had very many dining experiences during COVID. Like yeah. like eat out and eat in a restaurant, have somebody come serve you, have a beer. Yeah. And Rudy was being an angel. Yeah, he was being real So sweet. other times we've been out, Rudy's just like causing ruckus. He's like, I want chips. I want chips. He had Uncle Bluto to punch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was being such a little little angel. And uh, this restaurant, it's in a portion of Spokane. Shout out to Dabali. Airway Heights. If, if anybody knows much about Spokane, Airway Heights is like this little... I, it's a road to the casino. Exactly. It's the road to the casino. All roads it's, lead to the casino. It's baby. like these it's like these freeway cities that have like a Motel 6. Yeah, that's what's and, so weird. And a Taco Bell because they're by the freeway. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what Airway Heights is. And it's across the street from Yokes in this like strip mall. Diamond in the rough. Di- dude, in God bless the Bali and their food is bonkers good, but like the decor is not inviting either. Like mm-hmm. I would walk no. in there and be like, "Yeah, turn it around. Mm-hmm. I ain't, I ain't eating here." Yeah, but the it's, owner owner was this the hostess and server and yeah, there's like three yeah. people in there. The the yeah. owner who is the waiter, the hostess, cashier, she does it all, and then there's two cooks. I don't know if they're related. I didn't get to meet the cooks, but mm-hmm. dude, this food was like some of the greatest Asian food I've ever had in my life, and I've Eating Asian food in Asia. <laughs> Here's an unpopular opinion. I loved that place. Oh, Christ. I thought it was really comes. good. Uh, uh, up, Steve. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> but I, I, had a rap. I, I literally, I literally would have been just as satisfied with a wrap. Like I, that's the thing. I will go and appreciate good food and good meals. And by, by no means was I like, oh, this is not good. It was great. But... So is anything else that I eat, honestly. You're stupid and I'm done talking. I know. I was, I was saying an unpopular opinion. You Like, look, we're on a podcast. I'm trying to give us some things to argue no about, cares, you no idiots. Dude, that. it's, I think, like. The food was great. It's, it was great. I, did, I didn't say that it wasn't. Like, there's not, not one part so of it. So you're telling like, me that that dining experience that we had together, that hour and a half that we shared where, like, 
Every single plate that came out was immaculate, beautiful, delicious. There was a billion different flavors that you would put that experience on the same plane as a Olive Garden. turkey wrap. I would put, uh, it, it, honestly, for me, it's more about like experiencing you guys. And like, again, the food was great. I'm not denying that the food was not great. But I could go to a Red Robin with all of you guys and have the same fun and eat a shitty burger and be like, yeah, this is equally as, as, as satisfying for me. Is it rude to tell you that I don't believe you? No. I don't believe you. I think you're trying, I, like, I think you're just trying to be different. What do you mean different? Like, I think you're trying to just, like, <laughs> like it's, it's not, it's an unpopular opinion. It's not, I'm, I don't think people would be like, I'm not getting respect for this opinion. No, I'm just but telling you're attention. Not. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, come on, dude. I'm not trying to look for bad attention. I'm not one of those types of people. Mm. Steve, am I one of those types of people that just seeks out bad attention because it's attention? I mean, I'm going to give you bad all the things from the shit you're talking right I'm now. I'm just saying, like, I'm not trying, I don't know. How, I'm just saying it because I, I believe it, it's, I think it's true. Again, you're telling me that a, that a Red Robin burger which shout out to Red Robin Burgers, they're yeah. pretty good. Whiskey River Chicken Burger, dude, love those. Sauces. Great, the regular, Steak fries. the uh, Red Robin Royale, sauce. the Red Robin Royale with the egg on that, it. That creamy, that creamy brown sauce, dude, whatever that is, Red Robin mm, sauce. Yeah. Campfire, campfire sauce. That's nice. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, dude, I'll say it for the nineteenth time. That meal was great. Nothing wrong with it. I loved it. I, I also, I just, I just would have. I, it wouldn't matter going to an Olive Garden or a f Red Lobster or like some gigantic corporate like franchised so restaurant. Then, so okay, so, like, so, so yeah. let's let's go on the other side of this. Tell me about a bad dining experience that you've had. If you remember a bad dining experience, you sat down and you're like, "This food is actually waste. It's wasteful." Mm, I mean that, that my standards probably are so low as it is that like the food would have to be really, really bad. Right. So tell me to, where that, I don't know. Where I, don't know that if, I don't know if it ever has. I think, I think the only bad experience that I've ever had is probably surrounding the, the length of time that this, that the service took. So like, Oh my God, we've been here for two hours and we haven't gotten our food. We haven't gotten our drink. Like this is awful service. I'm curious. Cause it takes, whenever you eat food, you like douse it in so much sauce and mm -hmm. it's usually like hot sauce. Yeah. And part of me is curious if you've desensitized your taste buds. 100%. So have you thought about doing a like cleanse where you just don't eat hot sauce and you like only eat, like what were your taste buds like when you came out of COVID? Cause you lost your taste for like three weeks. Mm -hmm. What was your taste buds like after that? Cause you probably didn't eat any hot sauce during that period. No, I was just having like broccoli, asparagus, blueberry. So do you remember shakes. what your? Do you remember having a different like? Not like your really. Taste buds no. were any different? No, they didn't change. Um, yeah, man, I don't know. Like I, I don't put hot sauce on. Sometimes, like there's a meal we just had like that. Oh, well, I put hot sauce on that risotto. <laughs> but we had a meal uh, at some some time ago. What was it? I think it was the chicken, the chicken parm. I didn't put any hot sauce on that. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Sometimes I'm just the too chicken lazy. Parm was fire. Sometimes I'm just too lazy to get the hot sauce, and also I'm just like, oh, I trust that like, and it's not like, oh, I trust that this meal's not going to need it because like other meals are worse or better. 
some things just have like there was spice on that already i don't know i uh, but yes my my taste buds have been desensitized by probably my usage my over abundant usage of hot sauce uh but i don't i don't know i don't feel the need to like i don't care that my taste buds are off i don't care that my that like my because I, I still go to these restaurants and have a good time. I still go to these restaurants and enjoy the food. I just like I just don't need it. Like I, I could go to and I could go anywhere and feel yeah. just as satisfied. It's weird. It's wild. Mm. It's wild that you can't taste the difference between Dibali and Arby's. I you're you're misquoting me. I I'm can not, taste I'm not misquoting. The difference. You're I can telling me taste you're telling me that your experience with a restaurant is based upon the people that you have around you. Great. That's I completely understand that. Alan's I would have me. I would have a great time going to Arby's with you, Jules. And I think we should actually hit it after this podcast. Let's go get some Arb Arb, baby. Get I'm trying to get that chetties. big Montana. Uh, <laughs> we all just fucking shit our pants and excited. We, we 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 get a good hang in there, but there's no human being on this well up in this attic mm-hmm. who can honestly tell me that the food at Arby's is the same as the food at the Bali. It's just absurd. I'm not saying that, though. <laughs> that is what it sounds like you're saying. Sure, but you're not hearing me in what I'm actually saying. <laughs> yeah. What? I wonder if the people that are listening hear me. I always wanted that to happen. Like, what I always it wanted, sounds I always like wanted th- I always wanted recordings of what like my conversations with people were, like ex-girlfriends or other people that I was having, like recorded so that other people could hear them and be like, yeah, I kind of side with Julian on this one, or other the opposite way like i kind of side with alan on this one okay, I kind okay. Of side with we're gonna do an ex-girlfriend series bro <clears throat> oh <laughs> yeah we can well should we call him right now and oh, get him on the potty pod good lord no uh <laughs> let's go, let's go back then and and give your initial statement what you mean by what you said as clear and precise as you possibly can right now okay i love going out to dinner yep I enjoy good food. Yep. I appreciate and respect a, a, a five-star meal. However, there are restaurants that are two stars where the food is not as good that I'm that as long as I'm in the same company and having the same experience minus the quality of food, I'm going to feel just as satisfied in both places. Hmm. Uh, the food the food is is better. I understand that. Mm-hmm. But it's more of an understanding than it's like a than it's like a desire for Your me. moods your moods not gonna be thrown off by by a No, not a shitty meal. I'm just gonna be like great. Like I this 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 is satiating me right now. I'm getting full and, and like maybe if it like, food is not food is rarely bad for me unless it's just like a a bad meal that i don't necessarily like like if i'm having oatmeal for dinner i'm just like well this is lame i don't want that i'd prefer something that like i enjoy but honestly if like we went to that same exact restaurant and they brought out like you know shitty cheeseburgers beef big montanas from arby's and they brought those and they brought yeah, I wanted a bagel. <laughs> if they brought us out everything bagels with Philadelphia cream cheese packets on the side, if they were toasted, <laughs> I'd be like, this is comparable. 
yeah, like to, to, the, to, to, to how I'm going to feel satisfied by walking out of here. Yeah. And, and I just, I, I get your sentiment, which is the, <laughs> just try to be the, different. Sa- the satiating portion of a meal is the company for me. But what does that mean? I think that the point you're attempting to make is what is important to me about gathering are the people and not necessarily the um, food. Mm-hmm. And that's great. And I would agree with that. But it doesn't mean that they're the I don't believe that they're the same. Being around a table with great company and incredible food versus being around a table with great company and less than incredible food, they're different experiences. Doesn't mean that they're not both awesome, but they're different. Totally. I like our experience would would be hindered for you guys if the food wasn't as good because you guys wouldn't be as satisfied by the experience. So I guess I can amend my statement and say if I were the only person to receive the meal that sucked because I, I don't want it to have to play into any of you. Like I don't want my experience to have to lend itself to your guys' experience. You guys still get the same exact food. I don't need that to feel exactly the same way that I felt going in there. I could get a shitty meal and be like equally, equally satisfied with the experience. Well, but that's what I'm saying. Like if, like if it's bad food, yes, of course, like everybody's just like, this is bad food. And then the energy is brought down and then it's just like, well, now we're not having as much fun when you guys are happy and like eating great food that you're super happy about and you're cheersing with sake and you're, that's what I'm, that's why I'm saying the experience is different. For everybody else besides me, is what I'm saying. Like, as far as the food goes. So if you yeah. guys stay the same, if you guys get what you want, I don't need that. Yeah. I, you could bring me out a Duraflame log and I'd put some just, ranch on it and be so, fine. That's, I just, I just. You don't I have, believe me? I don't believe you, yeah. I don't know what to say then because I'm just. Agree to disagree. That's fine. Well, you can, I mean. There, you can disagree with me, but it's my own opinion. I'm just saying that as for as many times as I've eaten with you over the years, your experience when you're eating really good food uh-huh. versus subpar food is a different experience. I'm not. Yeah, sure. I mean, what do you, why would I be lying though? I just, like, like I said, I think you're just trying, trying to, to get different. attention, <laughs> but you've said that to me before in like way you're trying to be different. Like I don't, I don't, I don't think I seek attention. I seek attention in a lot of ways, but if it's for something that I feel like people are going to kind of frown upon, I'm not going to seek out attention because of that. Bro, I'm just trying to be honest. you do that all the time. What? How? Steve, back me up here. You're like <laughs> self-deprecating. I like 20 minutes ago. You're self-deprecating <laughs> intentionally as a means to like get people to like you sure but this this conversation is isn't about that like self-deprecation is like a tool used by a lot of people to define themselves and to kind of like try to play and be humorous this what i'm doing right now by talking about my dining experience isn't (laughs) doing that so like i don't know why i just i'm interested in where you think i would be coming from like where like what part of my ego would be pushing this narrative forward because it doesn't make much sense well i think no unless it's just true 
it doesn't matter either which way. <laughs> I know, but we're just we're, <laughs> we got time, dude. We're just sitting here chatting about stuff. So it doesn't, it doesn't matter either which way. I think the the perspective that you were sharing was why would I share this if it wasn't true? Because it's not a um, likable opinion. It's not a likable perspective. And my rebuttal was, oh, you do that all the time. You you share like opinions about yourself that you're like i'm this i'm that I'm, that are like unlikable traits uh-huh. and i think that that's just like a quality i have that same quality that i'm self-deprecating in an, an attempt to connect with other people yeah. and so i think that this falls into that same category whether it's true well, or not like i like i disagree that that's the case but okay i mean i guess i could just be like yeah you're right like i i'm i'm lying <laughs> and then I'm yeah, just like, there's no, cool. there's nobody, nobody's winning this argument. Um, so, uh, Grammys are coming up, guys. You, did you, you win get one? Your go, did you get your votes in, Steven? What? Yeah. <laughs> God, Steve's damn, barely Steve. alive. Steve's barely alive. Steve, put it on yourself and give me a monologue from Legend of Beggar Vance. What would your acceptance? What would your acceptance speech be if you were given a Grammy at the what is it? The 2021, dude. 64th? What is this? My acceptance speech, if I won a Grammy? If you yeah. won a Grammy, yep. You're up in front of everybody. Again, uh, Puff Daddy's in the front row. <laughs> Damn, Again, uh Good old T-Swift and <laughs> Chance the Rapper. Maybe the guy from Rascal Flats. Yes, the lead singer of Rascal Flats <laughs> is sitting right next to P. Diddy. <laughs> um, Travis Tritt is there, but oh, they gave no. him like the third row back because <laughs> uh, he just hasn't won anything in a long Bleak. time um but then but meek mill meek mill meek mill somehow is running the crane camera they got him yeah. so he's real tight he's got a tight on you union? and you've is just won, union you, you've just won a grammy steve what do you say to quote a quotable point me to the finger food <laughs> <laughs> so hard Mike yeah. this is the okay. best part because because um I would hope that in that scenario uh at the Grammys like the mic is just on like a stand yeah I would hope that Steve would intentionally pull Put the mic off. out of the stand <laughs> after he's a, he does the whole speech with the mic in the stand Where's the finger foods? <laughs> pulls the mic out of the stand, removes it, pulls it off the side, and then drops, drops it. it. Yes. So hard, That's dude. so sweet, guys. Yeah, and then you would get another grant. I feel like they should have another award ceremony for, for a pointless award ceremony for the speeches. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. you got a Grammy, I mean, but like you TMZ, also got a... TMZ does that the next day. You got a Grampy. Do they? I don't know. Probably. Uh, That's all they do, isn't it? I don't Just know. Just judge how idiotic and good people are what l- 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 let me ask you this would you go up and are you the ty- are you guys the type of guys that would just like to kind of go up and thank people and kind of give like one of those it would be weird right like unless you had something written and thoughtful would you try to go up and say something poignant about like your your position in the music industry or as a human being or would you just go up and kind of like do the standard like I don't want to make this a big I would just moment. think I, I would go up people. I would get the Grammy I would try especially if it was a man giving me the Grammy I would try to kiss him on the mouth yeah great uh, and then what if I, it was a girl I wouldn't look at her I'd look down <laughs> 
I'm like, I ain't, I ain't getting my ass canceled for you. <laughs> Just because you're looking at her. Yeah, you can't do I'd anymore, I'd kiss her bro. too, dude. I'd it's, kiss everybody. No, 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 Jules. For sure, bro, dude. Bro, you're getting a grampy the next day. That's then, part of you? my brand, dude. I'm trying to kiss everybody. <laughs> I would look down. I would not make eye contact. I would grab the Grammy. I would go up to the mic and I would say, I just want to thank Oprah and then I would leave. <laughs> that would get you canceled. Why? I don't know. Dude, Oprah's a god. I'm not saying because it's a bad thing to say because it would be like, uh, it would it just wouldn't be sincere. Therefore, it would come across in a bad way and then you'd start getting all sorts of hate speech and hate mail mm. and the letters to your door from what, Schwant. What's interesting to me about the day and age that we live in is that there's a lot of canceling of people that mm-hmm. happens and a lot of people who are, are called out for specific behavior and but yet there's these certain humans who manage to like all they do is cancel worthy things like yeah donald trump kanye west takashi 69 like all these they're just like walking trolls but they manage to skate that Somehow, even though everybody's calling for the cancel, 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 they're still constantly in the news. Everything they do, I don't know about Donald Trump anymore. No, nobody's paying attention to him anymore. Right. <laughs> the month after, he just <laughs> looks like the most hated human alive. <laughs> Nobody gives a fuck about him anymore. Um, <clears throat> uh, and I want, I'm, part of me wonders if it's just because they're like, I don't care, or because they're just so like off-putting and non-PC that you just can't touch them. Well, they made their career off of being people you want to cancel. Right. Their fame is that. Right. But then, so is me going, like, if I do something terrible at an acceptance speech, doesn't that cement me as, like, uh, troll number five? (laughs) No. I feel like if you're committed to it, like, if you're just committed to being uh, off-kiltered and, like, and, and not kind of not thinking about any like not concerned with being canceled mm. and just going for it like i feel like everybody that does that like there's a handful of the podcasts that that we're listening to that you that you have on often are these people that kind of speak openly about whatever the fuck they want that are like things that other people could say if they were a little bit more timid and they'd get canceled but i think it's just like a matter of conviction really with what you're saying it's not necessarily that people are going to like it or not but they're not getting canceled because they're just admitting to their ridiculousness uh what is oh yes you guys did have you seen this photo no this is one of the greatest photos ever Look, put it on the computer, Steve. Look at this fucking photo. <laughs> what? Why is it good? What? How is it not good, bro? Kanye West is fast asleep at what is a packed party. And his mother-in-law at the time, no longer mother-in-law, is asleep on his shoulder. That's just, and then <laughs> Hard, I think this is Harden's birthday party, actually. Harden's just like, hey, guys, <laughs> college dropout. <laughs> it's awesome. I love it. There must not have been very good finger foods. Yeah, I seriously, did. there was no red. They didn't have no Ecuadorian footlongs. <laughs> hey, folks! Today, our episode is brought to you in part by our good friends at Ladder Coffee. Head to laddercoffee.com and you can order beans directly from the brewer, as well as some of this beautiful cold brew. Locally owned and operated out of Spokane, Washington. Check it out, Ladder Coffee. I'm jacked. Um, 
my, so you, my birthday's coming up. Yeah. And uh, depending depending on when this airs, it might have already gone, but we've recorded You'll be it. 39 by the time this episode ends. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of what my finger food display at a party, like my favorite mm. finger food display would be. Like I like a charcuterie. Do you? I do. I love a charcuterie. Taz makes a bananas charcuterie. Bananas. Um, Queso's got to be there. Queso's got to make a stop. The fundites. Yeah, but I think instead of chip, maybe we have some chips there, but also like yeah. some celery. I don't get all and s- carrots. sentimental on me now, dude. In the queso. <laughs> um, I will not be attending. <laughs> so you said celery? Wait, hey, hold on. I did not s- coming. I said there's chips there, Stephen. Uh, <clears throat> you, can, you can choose to use the chips. Um, these little like little taco, little quesadillas. Oh, yeah, those little taco. I've never seen any quesadillas on a um, on a finger foods chicken wings. A quesadilla, though, a quesadilla really like can go in a million different directions, can't it? There's like some epic quesadillas, and it can like if you just get like a you know a chicken and cheese mm. quesadilla, it's like all right. But yeah. You can get some like real nice ones, and especially like when they got the crispy edges and like some of the oh. burnt cheese coming out of the sides, dude. Look at JP Gabs over here, mm. like getting excited about food. I'm just saying those are nice. That's mm. way nicer. I, I'll still eat it. I'll still eat the chicken and cheese. But why would you get excited about it if it's just like every other quesadilla? You've caught me. There we go. I'm red, red-handed. I'm looking for attention, guys. I just want, I just want everybody to know that it's, I am. I don't think you're. I, I am a narcissistic egomaniac who wants attention for not liking all foods. All right, set it here. Look at all your crispy edges. Set it crispy here. edges over I here. I just like crisp. Honestly, I just like crispy edges. My Fingers grandpa were going like this. My, bro. my grandpa used to make. Uh, like I got, dude. I can I mean, look. I can appreciate super good things that I really like. Mm-hmm. And crispy edges. My grandpa used to make pancakes when I was a kid. Oh. And I don't know how he did it because I've tried to recreate it before. But he would like just put a shit ton of butter on the on the pan, mm. and then uh, they would just get this like this outline, this circle mm. that was like on the just edge. crisp. Yeah, there'd be blueberries in it too. Oh. And it was like I didn't even want the middle of the pancake. I just wanted. To like eat around the thing well that's what's so interesting about cooking i'm not a good cook by any uh, means but i have been starting to get into it more and um, i really love making handhelds like i love pretty much anything in between God, those chicken burgers s- slice of good dude yeah they were great bro as well as the sandwich i made you for lunch too yeah that was real good i had one filet of chicken steve left and both julian and i wanted a sandwich and so i t- cooked the filet in uh is it sambo sambuyo sam what's the what's the um, sambal sambal yeah the, the spicy the hot sauce? yeah the hot sauce uh in sambal <clears throat> and you cooked it in that yeah like i which i shouldn't have done because it it and this will be a bigger point that i'm getting to which is heat is so important in cooking and i'm just starting to get to that uh like um shelf of like, okay, well, I know what I want to cook. I know what I like cooking. And now I'm like, oh shit, like how quickly you heat up garlic versus how quickly you heat up butter. Like they both burn at different temperatures. Mm-hmm. So you have to, and I, I've never understood that or thought of that up to this point. Yeah. Um, but I made this like chick, spicy chicken bacon salad sandwich yesterday, Steve, with mayonnaise and French onion. Sorry, green onion, not French onion. Um, 
it was fire. It, it was, was straight good. fire. But um, my point is, there's not really a point there, but it's just an interest, interesting. Uh, my, I love it. I love it when you say your point is, and yeah. then you're like, "Well, shit, I don't know. What you, you didn't need to say that." Yeah, I don't. I rarely have a point. Um, I know, so don't say your point well, is. Well, when it, maybe maybe the it's not the actual point. It's just the direction that the point is is putting. Like, so, well, you, but the direction is is like heat is such an interesting aspect of food and cooking that uh, I'm just starting to discover. Um, and the reason why I unfortunately use so many dishes when I cook is because I don't have one. I don't have the food prep situation done or down, mm -hmm. right? Like, okay, I need to prep everything, mm -hmm. then clean after I've prepped everything. Mm -hmm. So that's like, I mean, dinner should be a three hour process, but we always get home at like five and we're trying to eat at 5.30. So I'm like, well, let me just rip something up real uh. quick. And sure enough, the kitchen just looks like, like getting Hiroshima after words it's just <laughs> an explosion. Yeah. Steve, you cook a lot, don't you? Yeah, all the time. Every day, right? Every day, yeah. Damn, you're pretty good, huh? What's your what, what would you say like if Laura were to say this is Steve's best cuisine. This is what he does best. What is that you reckon? Um I'm definitely really good at prep. I definitely have the like the mise en place thing. I'm very neat in the kitchen. What would you say mise en place? Mise, <laughs> mise en place. It means like everything in its place. Mise like I know where everything is and it's all prepped and like ready to go. Mm -hmm. Um I make what I make best. I don't know. I I like making Asian food. Mm. Laura likes pastas and cheesy things, mm. which obviously Asian food doesn't really have a lot of. But I make a killer taquito. Mm. Oh yeah, bro. Uh, <clears throat> and wings. <clears throat> and you do that in the air fryer, yeah? I do the taquitos now in the air fryer. I mean, after like you know an eight-hour slow cook. But so, are you doing like a <clears throat> like a pork slow cook or a bar barbacoa? Yeah. Kind of, kind of whatever we're in the mood for. Sometimes it's a roast. Uh, anything but ground beef, pretty much, I'll cook with. I'm not that big of a fan of the ground beef. Yeah, it's not. It, I mean, we have a whole bunch of ground beef in my freezer downstairs, and I'm like trying to figure out what the heck to do with it besides mm -hmm. a cheeseburger. Right. And it's, I mean, you know, you could use it in a ragu. You could do like a. It has uh, its place, but it's definitely not my first choice. Yeah, but uh, meatballs maybe. You have so much ground beef. So much ground beef. Maybe we should make some meatball let's subs some, tonight. Let's make some meatballs. Yeah. I'm going to like it the same way as I'm going to like anything you make me do. I know. <laughs> I know, dude. That's, um, that's what's so disappointing as a cook. I'm just yeah, like, it's it, not I disappointing. I still can appreciate it and be like, wow, man, this is... I mean, that, that chicken sandwich, man, to, to, to your credit was fucking delicious yeah i had the crispy edges crispy edges mm. that's what i like that dude. The crispy edges dude. <laughs> <laughs> i'm all about them just crispy gonna, edges we're just dude gonna take julian to crispy edge yeah what like uh, like on a like when you cook the brisket dude yeah crispy edges oh yeah <sighs> dude there's nothing yeah, i like better pro, you got your proteins on lockout and that's just all it's all heat well, yeah, I mean that's why. Yeah, cooking is heat. <laughs> right, but cooking like isn't ceviche. It's 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 <laughs> cooking. Cooking isn't a charcuterie plate. No, but it's not only heat, right? Like it's, I don't even know my spices. If I were to taste something and be like, oh, I wish it had this flavor to it, I wouldn't have the slightest idea what to put into it to make it taste like that. Mm. And I think that real, like, our friend Greg. 
Greg is a real cook. Like yeah. Greg is a yeah, real yeah. actual good, like legitimate could do it as a career cook. Totally. He would be able to taste something and go, Oh, you should add this. Add a little bit of like paprika or paprika. <laughs> cumin or like oh, maybe some uh some sesame seed dust. Like whatever it is. <laughs> and you add that and you go, Oh my God, you're I, I don't have the slightest knowledge of that. And I don't know how you get that knowledge. What do you do? Just like go to the spice rack and just start dipping? It's just by assembling the food, I think. Like the more you do it, the repetition you, you learn the recipe of it, you know, it's like People don't realize how much sugars and shit until they make make a cake. Yeah, <laughs> you like eat a cookie and you're just like, oh my god, two cups of sugars went into this shit. Yeah. Oh yeah, there's so much sugar in everything. There's like sugar in laundry detergent. Taz was trying to <clears throat> help me make like a taco seasoning for that burrito I made you the other day, mm. and uh, I I just pulled out like garlic salt and like the steak seasoning and like <laughs> Milk all of this magnesia oh, yeah x lax <laughs> vitamin b xanax i thought i felt loopy <laughs> after that boba that actually xanax burrito drive through <laughs> yeah that'd be nice dude. <laughs> dude um and she was just like uh well you'll definitely need cumin and i was just like what is cumin and i tasted it and i was like oh man yeah. this is like such a base for what a taco seasoning would totally. be yeah. totally and i had no fucking idea yeah i'm the same way i don't know the only I, thing the only the only spice that i know is nutmeg because i used to put it on eggnog during christmas <laughs> that's it nutmeg, but you can't pretty, put nutmeg on anything else yeah i don't i mean like i said i don't know any nutmeg I'm sure it goes on so many nice things <laughs> <laughs> let's look it up <laughs> let's look it up i mean it's a is it sweet it's not sweet it's a spice obviously but like do, 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 I feel like you'd have to put it on like only desserts. It feels very desserty to me. Mm -hmm. Roasted okay. cauliflower, you could use some mm -hmm. nutmeg. Uh, what, do you, what do you use savory nutmeg with? Mashed cauliflower with nutmeg. Nutmeg cake. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think it probably lands more typically on mm -hmm. the sweet. Kind of like a cinnamon. Yeah, like a cinnamon thing. But Taz makes this... Um, Oh, yeah, uh, the, the, the bolognese. Bolognese and sh and mm -hmm. put cinnamon in it. Yeah. Like a cinnamon stick, not like cinnamon powder, like a yeah, cinnamon stick. stick. Yeah. Dude, it is like the best bowl. I think it's, I don't it know if she learned dumb. it from Jenny, her mom. Shout out to Jenny, my mother-in-law. Shout out, shout, shout out. out. I, can't wait. I can't wait to be at Jenny's house. And just You're going to be there when the time is out. Fall asleep on the couch. Oh, just eat her dumplings constantly and just be like, dude. Hey, Jenny, will you watch Rudy? I'm trying to not eat. do anything. <laughs> and uh, her mom is just like an epic cook. Um but yeah, she uses cinnamon in it. It was like the first time I ever tasted it. I was like, this is special. This is a special thing that I've yeah. never tasted before in my life. Um, very, very tasty. You know, maybe a lot of people do that with their bolognese, but I had never tasted. I mean, my mom's a great cook growing up. She would cook like every meal was we would have a proper cooked dinner. And um, her bolognese or spaghetti was always really good. She would do a fettuccine Alfredo from scratch that was really banging. Except she would put cooked broccoli in it. I like that. Uh, yeah, I don't like cooked broccoli. That's like my one veggie that... I mean, I can stomach it now. I, I can stomach anything now. My palate has grown. But there was... I remember as a kid, my mom would do some like steamed broccoli. Ugh. And I'd have to do the like plug Ugh. my nose to mm -hmm. get it down because I couldn't leave the table unless I ate it. Yeah. And it, and even then, I would be like... Oh, oh. Steamed yeah. broccoli is disgusting. Yeah, that's yes. what I had. My, my mom used to give us like a big-ass scoop of mayonnaise to like dip our steamed broccoli in when we were kids. Mm. Did you guys have that? No wonder your mouth sucks. 
<laughs> Dude, all, all the meals I grew up with were pretty no, low. Mayonnaise is pretty typical of a of a dipping um of a dipping sauce for most of the rest of the world like fries everywhere yeah. else you go they give you mayonnaise to dip it in they just put some lemon yeah, broccoli and garlic in i mean thinking about it now it just sounds disgusting i used to my dad used to uh, ground us for minutes so he'd be like muchacho go up to your bedroom for three minutes <laughs> we'd get in trouble so i'd try to get in trouble at the table while i had all of my broccoli oh, yeah. in my mouth so oh, i'd go yeah. and just spit it out <laughs> <laughs> it was awful, man. But I yeah. love broccoli now. It's probably one of my favorite vegetables. <clears throat> do you, how do you chard. eat it? Uh, yeah, chard's I, I, really great. Chard's nice. Uh, I, I I usually make like this salad back in New York. That's I've had it at your house too. I just don't cook very much. When it's like I, a steak salad. It's like a steak salad, but I like saute, I guess is the word. Just like in butter and uh, minced garlic, broccoli and asparagus and like cherry tomatoes. And I just throw that in the steak salad and mm. just like, yeah. That's, that's kind of like your it. garnish on top of the arugula, sort of like that's what you mix in with the arugula. Uh-huh. That's what's interesting about um, steaming and um, like a really good cook. This was coming back to Dabali. Nothing was over flavored. Like nothing was over sauced and over flavored, which is another really interesting part of cooking is like not overdoing it. Right, like I love the taste of butter and I love the taste of minced garlic, but if you add minced garlic, butter, two broccoli and asparagus, and it's there's too much sauce, then when you add everything together, you just get like a mushy, it's 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 like like a like chud, you know, like chud, like cow chutney. <laughs> 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 not over saucing stuff, not using too much, like using just enough and mm -hmm. getting those levels. I was so blown away by the Bali because everything, it wasn't too spicy. It was just a hint of the flavor. Mm -hmm. And it was almost like your taste buds did the rest of the work. It was like making your taste buds work just enough to go, wow, that's one of the greatest, greatest tastes I've ever had in my life. It really was that for you, huh? Yeah, dude. That's like some of the best Asian food I've ever great, had in my life. Great wow. the, the dumplings there were like... Oh my God! Taz is drinking the sauce. Yeah, Taz. I've never seen Taz drink sauce before in my <laughs> life, dude. She's drinking the sauce like a like a friggin' lap cat. It was a very good meal. It was so like good. Lap cat. <laughs> it was. Um, <clears throat> it was incredible. I was blown away, and that's another like the things that excite me in life are those those little intricacies that you can get into and just go so deep, whether it's photography or video or cooking or hiking or cars. I've never gotten into cars, but that's like a whole world of knowledge and useful direction for your mind to just work. Mm -hmm work itself i'm excited to find what those next things are because i'm like i'm uh i like to be endlessly curious the perfect earplugs because you just bought your two-year-old a drum kit yeah yeah dude we got the, we got <laughs> the uh shout out to quest love come on the show quest we got views son <laughs> uh the pocket kit the quest love 
and Ludwig make a kid's drum set called the drum set called the pocket kit. It's so funny, Steve, because as I'm setting up the the drum kit, I'm like, oh yeah, I've never set one of these up before. <laughs> <laughs> like from scratch, you know? I was like, it's going to take me 30 minutes. A day and a half later, you <laughs> said, oh, shit. I had to like go online and find the man, like the online manual to set no it up. I was way. like, I've never set a drum. I mean, like I've set a drum setup that was already like pretty much assembled yeah. right yeah. but not one that's just like in a box that was oh, shipped over from uh, like from indonesia you know <laughs> and uh i've set up more drum kits than rudy's days of life yeah 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 you've set up Damn. a whole heap of drum sets probably that green one that's in the studio yeah. over there you've set that thing up more than the person who drummed on it for <laughs> 10 years Damn. that's crazy <laughs> Mm -hmm. Is it a fun thing to do or is it just like <laughs> awful? <laughs> I don't know. You're talking about cooking. You're talking about doing things. You're talking yeah. about like getting into stuff. Like there might be some therapeutic. Well, uh, I think there's probably, I would imagine setting up a drum kit. And I'm <clears throat> speaking first, Steve, because I want you to like sure. speak more into this. But whenever we're on the road, the stage is Steve's like art. <clears throat> exactly. Right. So like how it looks and how good it looks you can take pride in that and which i you do Steve. yeah absolutely i wouldn't be doing it for 10 years if i didn't yeah yeah tight lines baby tight, tight line. lines baby what are lines cables ah like you don't how many cables go on a stage for uh, a concert too many to count like wait yeah i guess i'm yeah, just like well, I, what kind of cables tons. need to go on a, on a stage you guys are just yeah. playing instruments from mics to amps to everything yeah, yeah. so cables, everything cables, lights, that has everything. a mic has oh, lights too I mean, has, a has a cable and then the lights yeah yeah um and you want to keep those lines tight so people aren't tripping all over the spaghetti yeah yeah and it's like every every night is you're pulling the st the stage is empty by the time you get off of it. Yeah, <clears throat> and you have monitor. You got a monitor board off to the right that everything's run. It's it's such a complicated. <clears throat> that was kind of like the when I was able to get to a place where somebody else could take care of all of that stuff. Was <clears throat> that was like yeah, this is so nice. Yeah, thank you so much for doing the job that I don't want to do to, you know, cause that's what the crew does. The crew does all the shit that nobody sees mm -hmm. and nobody really notices, right? Like thankless. It's, it's one of those jobs. We we're talking about this when we we're shooting all the, uh, the Valentine's and the Christmas stuff and just these projects we've been working on. We're like, yeah, it's interesting cause n nobody notices when it's good. Right. Right. Like if, if everything goes off well and perfect, you don't notice the audio. You don't notice the color correction transition. It's just a, it's just a fluid story. Yeah. And it's the same with, uh, I mean, pretty much anything. Right. But, uh, as well as like a live show, you go yeah, into probably. a show, you go into a live show and it's just like, everything looks the way it should. And it's a good production. And as long as nothing goes wrong, you don't think of it and that's when that's when you've had a good night is when everything is seamless right but yeah. then these people the human beings who like are up way earlier than me and asleep Super way earlier. later yeah. than me are the ones who 
make all that magic happen. And then I get to stand in the front and like put my name on the marquee. Well, it's a, it's a, it's a good, uh, it's a good reminder to, to thank your people. Thank you, Steve. I do. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Alan, you set up a lot of this stuff in here too. Well, so. yeah. I mean, we, we're, we're a small naked crew now because of the cocoa, but, uh, when, when I'm on the road, I do, I do my best every night. I think I've done it for at least the last five years to thank everybody on my crew and in the band by name on from stage. You should probably buy him some crispy, some crispy edges, finger food. Dude, I'll, no, he does. I'll take care of us. Yeah. I try to. I just try to make everybody feel appreciated. Yeah, um, I mean, that's why you have the same people keep coming out with you, bud. <clears throat> that's good. I can't wait to get back on it. It's going to be crazy. Me either. Yeah. You but. guys feeling eager to like be back on tour? I'm, I'm, I, I have a new, because of the break, I have a newfound appreciation for touring for sure. Uh, you think you're going to fall right back into the same I think that I'll definitely headspace? do things differently. I'm not, because of my capabilities off the road now, I won't feel, like a lot of the times I was going and taking tours that like were, were just to fill time, kind of too, right? Because you're going, you're like, I'm not really making much money on this. I'm Everybody's working, right? Like there is this treadmill effect that you can fall into with touring because like if I take a break, like a long, too long of break, then everybody else on my squad, like they can't just wait around. They got to go find other work. Right. Mm -hmm. And so there's a chance that I lose this really well oiled machine that I've worked for 10 years to get going. So that's always the fear. But, um, I think during this pandemic, what I've learned and what I've hopefully, uh, set the foundation for is being able to maintain people's attention when I'm not on the road so that that builds the ability to go back out on the road and, and play. Um, but I think, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you, you, you can't predict the future. I don't know if we'll fall back into that same, like, you know, five years from now, just burnt out and been like traveling way too much. And, mm -hmm. um, I think there's always a sense probably, regardless where you get to a stage or a time in a tour where you're just like exhausted. I think that's just a natural thing of like a natural aspect of the road. Wouldn't you say Steve? Totally. Like anything. Yeah, it's just like anything. You're just going to get to a point where you're like, God, how, how many shows we got well, left? Where are we long, at? Long days and travel. I mean, that's the thing, you know, people don't think about either. Is this, we're in different climates, different, you know, time zones, time zones, just every, every other day. Yeah. And some venues are, incredible and other venues don't have the capacity yet to be incredible right and you know i'm not at a stage in my career where i'm playing all the best venues mm -hmm. right there's like the 930 club in dc oh, blessings and then there's i'm not even gonna name the, <laughs> yeah, other, yeah, don't name the, <laughs> the other venues but there's like there's venues that literally could give two shits about and now granted you know they may not be making money sure like i like i don't know their financial situation so i don't I, i'm not I, that's why i would never call them out and be like this venue here is mm -hmm. but the disparity but disparity 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 
this, I don't know what you're trying disparity to say. Disparity is fine, yeah. Disparity between level, like venue level, mm-hmm. is gigantic uh, totally. at the size of touring that I do. And so sometimes you're like, you got the best day ever. You got a, you got a hot shower. Mm-hmm. Like somebody thought to clean the shower. After fucking whatever metal band was in there the night before, just like taking shits in the shower, <laughs> and uh, it's it's actually interesting though because like I'm trying to think, you can't you can't generalize any any no mu- music, but um, <laughs> no, those metalheads definitely shit in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I'm just I uh, yeah, it, it, it's kind. Of, the the road can be, um, yeah, difficult at times because of the nature of the beast. But I will have a deeper sense of appreciation for the road. I think after this break. Yeah, interesting. Because I was under the impression that you were hoping to like figure out a way to not be on the road nearly as much as you have I, been. I am. I'm, I am. This is what it, this is what this is. Well, this is by, this is by necessity because we, you can't be on the road. This isn't necessity because this right, isn't but, making money. Well, this, this is because I, I love doing this and I want to pave a lane that allows me <clears throat> to not have to be on the road so much. That's what this is for. That's what live at the lodge is for. That's what all the productions we've been doing is for mm-hmm. is like, I want to be able to choose to go on the road when I want to go on the road. I'm never yeah. going to not go on the road. I love playing in front of real human beings. Yeah. I love being out with my tour family. Um, I just don't want to have to go out mm-hmm. for 11 months a year because I can't make a living anywhere otherwise, else right. otherwise. Um, and this time, this pandemic has allowed me the, the, the time and the space and the freedom to figure out what that is and take cuts, take as many swings at the plate as I possibly can to try and figure out like where my base hit is. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Well, I'm excited for you guys for when it comes back. Be fun. Be fun to, to, to get out and just play live music again. Um, I wonder you're coming out as the hype man, Julian. Come on, son. Dude, I'm always the hype man, baby. <laughs> What's happening? You guys ready for some Alan Stone? Stone? St- I said, are you guys ready for some Alan Stone? What? I said. Just getting crazy, dude. You're I'm hired. trying to go nuts. <laughs> Should have gone. Should have done a fourth one. I said. <laughs> Just do it till it's like not funny, and then one last time to bring it home. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that would, uh, it's, it's going to be cool. I'm, I mean, I wonder what, uh, when it'll just be okay to actually do the same size shows that you have been (coughs) used to doing. Yeah. I have so many differing opinions on, cause at one, one side of my perspective is connected to how I felt when this first pandemic started, which was. Oh, we'll be back in four months. Mm-hmm. We'll be back rolling in four months. Obviously, totally wrong. My prediction was way off. And I think that most people's prediction was that that didn't have any understanding of pandemics. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> and then, you know, a year later, my thought is like, I have a little inkling and a prediction that will be totally out of the woods 
maybe not totally out of the woods because I think this this virus is just going to be around forever, right? It's just it's around, mm-hmm. but we'll be out of the woods for the restrictions upon our activities by like May or June. But even for live music, yeah, I mean, I think that once everybody who's at risk gets vaccinated and all of the death count goes like way down, we'll forget about the infection rate. The reason why we're worried right now, in my personal opinion, is because the death rate is like rising with the number count, obviously, because Mm -hmm. people are dying from the coronavirus. But if everybody who's at risk, which is, you know, 85 and older is preconditioned, if they get vaccinated, then I would, it would seem to me to make sense that, that the death count would plummet. Mm-hmm. And right now it's, I mean, we still have a lot of cases happening. It's not like there's no cases happening, but it is rapidly declining. Yeah. And even with, even with, um, the opening of businesses, like we're now in phase two, I think in, uh, Washington and I mean, Texas is fully open. Like Florida never closed. Idaho's fully open. Our th- I think the thought was, oh, well, cases are going to start going back up and they've continued to fall. And so once we're out of the flu season and out of the time of year where people contract these types of diseases, I think that um, people would be like, well, try it. Let's go. Let's Let's go have a strawberry lemonade. You won't go on tour, though, right away, even if it does open up, because you don't have anything booked out. No, I have something in the works for the end of this year. Yeah. That'll be just, like, smaller rooms, me and a guitar, like a, an acoustic run, kind of. Um, and we, I think that that will be possible to pull off, because the rooms are the size where you could have fill them, and my overhead is going to be small enough that I'll still be able to go out and like make a living. Um, I don't know. The tough part about like full band tours is that it takes so much money to get them started. Mm-hmm. Like it takes so much capital for me to get everybody somewhere to get them rehearsed, to get all the gear, to rent all the bus and the trailer and everything. It's like at least like a fifty, sixty thousand $60,000 bill just to start it before you even play your first gig. And like, I don't got that kind of money anymore to do that. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, uh, I hope that, ha- I hope that happens soon. I hope that we can go out and do some full band stuff, um, soon, but I think it'll, it'll probably be privates and like one offs at mm-hmm. first to try and get the ball rolling again. Uh, and also test the waters, right? Cause you don't want to like book something. Mm-hmm. I think promoters are really, I can't, I can't imagine what promoters are feeling right now. Going through this, like, well, I don't know. Well, do you know? Yeah. Who, do we, who do we contact? Do they know? Yeah. Well, maybe they found a new career path for themselves. Which is just predicting pandemics? Just no. Overall. Just oh, just like something thing. else. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like a lot of people who have lost their jobs have done that. <clears throat> Hopefully, I'm sure there's a lot of people, man. Like there's some people that just haven't haven't done anything. Just like this pandemic happened, they lost their job, and they're just like, well, I guess good thing we got Netflix. <laughs> yeah, let's just sit and watch. And that seems crazy to me. The people have been like stuck at home and mm. actually haven't left. 
home mm. like out of their out of their bedroom mm. even that would be a wild life can't imagine that being mine it'd be it'd be yeah, to stay in stay indoors for an entire year would be i, I couldn't i couldn't stomach it um but hey i'm not everybody yeah. i just can't sit still i mean that's why like when this pandemic hit i was next day up in this attic loading in gear like we're gonna figure out something up here yeah because not because of necessity i mean like like i said like the only i haven't really made any money during this pandemic except these like little digital one-off festivals right that like hey we want you to send in a video mm-hmm. for this um but i just can't sit still i just can't like well, i know it's a it, that's that's like hell to me is not having a project so. couldn't imagine i mean i guess i can't imagine because i've done it but like you on drugs like cocaine or oh. ritalin or at, what's the other one uh at adderall it's awful you don't want to be around me <laughs> no i don't Jesus. it's the worst dude it's crazy. i mean again i've been around you <laughs> partaking but it's uh yeah, it's uh Yeah, no 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 more for old daddy boy. Yeah. Those done. those upper drugs. You're done for life. Yeah, what's the I point? don't want to predict the future, but like they just don't <laughs> Nope. They don't work 2026, well. Two thousand twenty six I'm going in on some <laughs> kilos of coke. <laughs> I'm trying to get some ketamine. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have a favorite drug that you've taken in your life? Alcohol. I mean Really? Yeah, like like well, I don't think that alcohol is the greatest of the drugs, but it's definitely the one I do the most. Yeah. That and yeah. caffeine. Yeah. Um, but I mean the great, probably the greatest drug experience I've ever had in my life was MDMA. Yeah. With yeah, like, like that all too. of my favorite people. And we just sat around in a circle and complimented each other. Yeah. We had like a compliment circle. <laughs> we just went around Crying. and like, yeah, it was just like everybody would say like next person. It was this, beautiful. It was so cool. It was like, it was, it was like three hours long. Yeah. Um, and then I've had some really great psychedelic experiences too, and some terrible ones. I've had with some, me, yeah, but my worst. That <laughs> sucks, man. I wish that was a good time for you. It was a good time in hindsight, right? No, like, well, I, dude, I remember looking at your face, and you were just like, <laughs> "Yeah, I was freaking out." <laughs> I know. I was, and I, I, I was only trying to like make. I, I don't know. It was such a weird experience for me to be like fine, but like trying to take care of you at this but not like you didn't need to be taken care of you were just like no i was trying to think my way out of it because the because i was concerned about the person who was in our orbit that wasn't on it wasn't partaking with us so i was trying to outsmart the the acid which is impossible yeah it's just not going to happen and so by doing that and trying to be like i'm totally fine I just freaked myself out. Whereas like, if you just like the other times where I've only done acid maybe three times and the other two times I did it, it was brilliant. So good. Yeah. It was like so much fun. That's my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. That's your, that's your favorite one to do. Stevie boy. Yeah. 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 I mean, I just wish so badly that like our freaking culture and society and country would get their act together so that we can regulate these these drugs and we can readily access them whilst they're regulated and good quality. Like what has happened with marijuana in Washington state is so great. Like, I, 
Steve, you don't smoke, but I'm sure you've been into a dispensary. Oh, they're incredible. It's incredible. Mm -hmm. And like the science just in the last three years that has happened because this drug is open to study and people who make their living off of studying these substances aren't afraid of some asshole breaking into their establishment and telling them that they don't have the freedom and right to like put things in their body. Yeah. Um, think if that would happen with mushrooms and, and MDMA and other like mind altering psyche altering drugs. How much more would you do them though? None, none more. Yeah, probably not. Like acid and, and mushrooms specifically, they're, they're not the type of drugs that like you're going to abuse. Well, I, I mean, there are people, listen, here's the situation though. Yes, there are going to be people who abuse these things. Like there's people who abuse automobiles, gasoline, people who huff paint. Like the laws and restrictions that we have in place should not be done so because if you don't have them in place, then just like people are going to abuse it. It's like, yeah, people are going to abuse anything. Mm-hmm. And the, the, what's happening with the illegality of substances is we've created a black market for it. And that black market now is thriving and it's unregulated. And that's why you get the reason why we have a heroin pan epidemic in this country is because of tainted heroin is because people can't access safe opioids to hopefully counteract their addiction to it. Instead, they get street drugs that are laced with Chinese fentanyl and they die. Um, and if it was regulate, if it was legal and regulated, you would see a gigantic decrease in, cl- in crime like we did in the prohibition days. Um, but now there's just, we've created a drug empire in Mexico because we've, well, maybe you should run for Congress, Alan. <laughs> I just did. <laughs> Folks, I'm going to stare. Give me the, anybody give me the voting for him? Is anybody? Would anybody <laughs> shut up? Is anybody um, out there? It's a strong point. It's a strong point. There's a there's some really, uh, I think, powerful minds and influencers. I mean, that are, a lot of the opiate addiction is actually because people were prescribed it, and it's highly addictive versus shrooms and acid. Right. Right. I mean, opioids, yes, there is like a higher <clears throat> chance that you're going to become like physic. You see, there's drugs that you can become physically addicted to. And then there's drugs that you can just like, like mentally be forming habits with. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I know there's people who microdose uh, mushrooms and you could call that a, like a relative level of like addiction, right? Cause yeah. they do it all the time. Um, but I don't think they're mutually exclusive. Like I don't think that just because you partake in opioid, you will become addicted to it naturally. I think that you run the risk. You can run the risk for sure to become physically addicted to an opioid. Um, but, uh, Yes, more frequently, for sure. Like like those specific drugs have physical addiction, addictive mm-hmm. qualities to them, and you can become physically dependent on them. Um, 
but I just don't think the way, like, I don't think outlawing something ever, like outlawing something that doesn't cause physical harm. Like obviously murder, rape, kidnapping, stealing should be outlawed, right? Because those hurt other people's. And, and in order to live in a functional society, you have to make these ground yeah. laws. <clears throat> but to outlaw a, a, uh, a drug, it doesn't get rid of the drug. All it does is just like make the people mm -hmm. who are criminals have the power to manufacture and sell these drugs. It's not going to change people's desire for these drugs. It's usually yeah. <clears throat> makes the desire stronger. It's just the, it's a absurdly stupid way. Yeah, I mean, it's like with medication. I think a lot of the reason those things are uh, illegal is because the government knows people can make them at home and the government can't regulate it enough to be like, like why weed was illegal for so long is that they didn't have the infrastructure and we're like, well, if we don't make a dollar off of it, we're going to make it illegal. I, I think yes, a little bit, but I also think that, um, like I, no one at home is making Xanax. I think that there's a lot of pressure from pharmaceuticals where if pharmaceutical companies can't synthesize a specific, like to synthesize mushrooms would, I, I don't know if that's even possible. Synthesizing something allows mass production of it by a pharmaceutical company. And then if there is some sort of reasonable uh, usage for medicine, then a pharmaceutical company can take that angle and make trillions of dollars on it as they have with opioids the thing about drugs though is that like especially in our country in order to get weed legal it was like well there's medicinal use there's medicinal use for use cataracts and sleep and it's like wait why do we have to like make a medicinal reason behind just having the freedom to do with our bodies what we want like, if I want to go smoke a joint, why does some asshole in Washington, D.C. get to tell me that I can't do that? Like, I think that is the basis of the argument. It's like, no other human being should have the right to tell me what I want to do with my body as long as I am not hurting anyone else. Like, we're all adults. Mm -hmm. If I want to <clears throat> drink myself into oblivion, I have that right in America. In America. Yeah. If I want to smoke six packs of cigarettes a day, I have that right in America. If I want to go ride a motorbike on the freeway, I have that right. We do dangerous shit all the time in this country. Well, you might be endangering other people by... Right, that's the fine line. You have to like make that fine line, which is like, are you endangering other people? Right. But if you're not endangering other people, then... <laughs> I don't think any man should have the right to tell another what they can put in their body to alter their outlook. It's yeah. like, and, and don't get me wrong. It's like there will be like a lot of people's lives and families have been affected negatively by drugs. And I, my heart is heavy for those type of those yeah. situations, but I don't think that just opening it up to criminals to dictate what, what those people are going to put in their bodies is doing us any good. Yeah. I have a guy I want to get on the podcast. Uh, Danielle introduced me to this really powerful guy. She went to college with, uh, was like an all-star football player <clears throat> on his way to like going to the pros and being drafted. And 
um, he injured himself yeah. while playing and was prescribed pain medication and literally like he had, I listened to a podcast and met him and had a conversation, had some conversations with him. Such a cool dude, man. And he like talks about how within six weeks of being prescribed this medication, he had like become a full blown junkie and like just his whole life had changed. He like quit football. He was like on the streets and just it, go, going down a really, really dark path. And, um, it resulted in just like the loss of almost his life and now he's recovered from all of that and goes around and like talks mm. um to colleges and to young football players and to just like everybody uh that's willing to listen about his experience with it all and so he has such a cool point of view um from you know being somebody who was like actively trying to stay as healthy as he could who mm. like was had had a lot of willpower and then kind of just got into something that was helping him feel better to allow him to continue playing and then it completely stripped his identity away from him yeah um that's a tragic story that seems mm -hmm. to happen all the time um it's yeah i don't think it's a brian, cut and brian dry. Murphy. shout out brian murphy shout, shout out, out to brian. brian um yeah i think getting addicted you, you have to be careful with like the things you ingest right just like you have to be careful with how much uh, complex carbs you eat just yeah. like you need to be careful with uh, how much water you drink right we have to be careful with what it is we put in our bodies for sure like functioning adults need to do that um, but I, I don't think any human being in their right mind could stand up and tell me that the drug war has done anything positive for the world around us the war on drugs has done nothing but create an underbelly of black market that like do you guys follow what's happening in mexico much at all not really i dip my feet in it everyone every so often like vice will have a really good highlight about what is happening down there but there's specific parts of mexico that drug cartels have their own country have their own military it's like a no-fly zone that and it's because of drugs in our country being illegal mm -hmm. that's the reason why they have <clears throat> the power to do so and why you saw back during prohibition gangsters like al capone and italian mobs gaining so much power and influence was because of the underbelly of cash that's being funneled to those organizations because of things being illegal mm -hmm. and not regulated by our government. Right. Um, it doesn't change the fact that those stories are sad when no, you totally, hear about totally. people who, who've become addicted to these drugs. <clears throat> there will be people who become addicted to the drugs if they were legal. It'll happen. Yeah, and it but definitely it, like just continues to keep marginalized communities marginalized and keeping I don't, places. I don't think it would be as bad. Yeah. Because if it's regulated, that means tax dollars can go towards... Uh, addicts recovery that means there'll be there'll be businesses opened that are more readily available to impoverished communities that ha communities that have problems with mm -hmm. these drugs um 
and they'll be checked. There's going to be regulations that are like, okay, this is a clean drug. This is a clean opiate versus all of the heroin snuck into our country is coming up through Mexico and over from Afghanistan yeah. and nobody's regulating it. So you get tainted. You seemingly what I'm hearing is that you're getting tainted drugs and that's why people are overdosing so frequently is because they can't, they, they get hooked through Oxycontin because they were prescribed it back in the early two thousands. They can't get Oxycontin anymore because we've, Put our foot down in this country for prescribing it and now they're like looking for street drugs and the street drugs are laced with chinese fentanyl well you heard it here folks alan's new side hustle is taking down the dea <laughs> <laughs> i'm not taking down the dea it's a new it's the it's the next uh it's i next mean project it's, it's just interesting to think about. Yeah, totally. No, you get you. It's interesting to think about because it's like it's it's so especially when living in Washington and seeing like. I'm interested to see what happens in Oregon because Oregon just legalized all drugs, all all drugs, oh, all wow. drugs. If you are caught in Oregon with any controlled substance, your amount, any. I don't Obviously, know. Like I, I think like it's with, up to a certain amount. Like right. I don't if think it's they, like with purpose to distribute. Then you're going to get. Yeah, yeah. I'm not positive. I'm not positive mm. what the like uh, details yeah. of the law are. But you will no longer be thrown in prison for heroin, cocaine, mushrooms, acid. Like all. What these. does a cop say when they pull you over and you got just like a bag of heroin on you? Just like, hey man, like. It would be cool if you didn't do that. Well, what would, what would they say? <laughs> Can't they, do anything to you now, but... But, but uh, hold on. Like, that that's... I, I think that's the stigma that is kind of... No, I know. I'm not... I'm, not, I'm just making a joke about it. it would, I'm not saying, like, it's a bad thing that the cop will pull you over and, like, not do anything. I just hope that a cop would, like... I'm just wondering, like, what does a cop actually say now? You know, when... Like, what is the situation that a cop gets into I think a cop happens? would use his, like human reason to go does this person seem inebriated and if they seem too inebriated to operate a motor vehicle they would pull them over pull them out and give them a field sobriety test to yeah. see if they were able to operate a motor vehicle but whatever this guy wants to put in his body is his own right for sure is his own like that should be the the i mean the right to the pursuit of happiness right like that's in the Declaration of Independence. No, sorry, the Civil Civil Liberties Bill. What is that, Steve? Is that the Constitution? Constitution. What's what says? What is it that says every 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 human has the right to? I don't even know what the fuck we're talking about. Every U.S. citizen has the right to the pursuit of happiness, liberty, and happiness. Right or, or pursuit of. Fuck, we sound dude. like fucking idiots yeah. now. We just sat here talking about <laughs> all this. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. cut the podcast now. <laughs> this episode's over. <laughs> Alan's running for Congress 2096. I'm no, not for, even 2034, dude. I'm Tintin's running, gonna be a grown man, dude. I'm running for Bongress. <laughs> Bongress. <laughs> nice, dude. Um, thanks so much for tuning in, everybody. Hope you're well. Um, stay safe out there and uh, stay well, stay blessed, and stay tuned. Let's go do some drugs. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, boo-boo, did you just make it to the end of the video? Yes, you did. Do you want to see more videos just like this one, huh? Do you? Well, then head over to patreon.com slash live at the lodge where you can support the how goods of this podcast as well as the entire Live at the Lodge family. Yep, yeah, you're going to get exclusive merch, personalized shout-out videos. Me and Jules, we're going to show up at your house and baptize your nephew, huh? Check it out, patreon.com slash live at the lodge. lodge.